Stephen. This is the Paizan finale, man. I got two special guests with me today. The Bamberg Circle Bachelor, Joseph Cacharo, and the Mayor of Marley Ave, Mark Savelle. Uh, what's going on, Cash? What's good, man? Everything's good, man. What's good with you guys? What's going on? I'm glad uh, we're going to get to settle this once and for all. Yeah, so so just to be clear, you know, uh, if you guys haven't listened to the past episodes, um, there's just a lot of simmering tension uh, between two of my friends here, Joseph Cacharo and Mark Savelle. Uh, Mark, how do you feel about this conflict that has been brewing for months. Tutto bene. <laughs> wow, uh, uh, Cash, Cash, can you give me a translation on that? He said all good. Everything is good. I thought, well, I thought for sure Paisan, Rachel Dolezal, Alex Wong would have been able to understand that, but I guess not. I guess, I guess his allyship with the Italian community is a fraudulent. <laughs> Listen, I once went to Sugo uh, three times in one week, so you know where <laughs> I stand on, on being a fraud. Um, let's start with this, Mark. You got a golf lesson from my dad this past weekend. And, yeah. you know, I sent a photo to Cash and, you know, he literally said that he was rattled by seeing this. Um, so I, I just want to hear a review of your lesson uh, with my dad. Oh. How did it go? All right. The place that we went to go um, practice at was called um, Within Range, which in itself is like a fantastic play on words for where, you know, I had to meet him. So already I'm like, this is going to be good. Then you get there and there's a sea of Wong's golf lesson signs. Like, like there was more signs than daffodils in the field. This guy's signs are everywhere. Now, if you miss the signs and you go inside the clubhouse, he's got um, papers taped to the wall, letting people know that this is his, like, this is his home base. And, um, okay, so so this man is running ads at this driving range. Yes, <laughs> and, and, and by this entire... and by this man, I mean I mean my dad. <laughs> Correct, as well as the entire like municipal road leading up to it. I'm not surprised by this because um, he plants uh, these ads everywhere in Markham. Um, he does he does them outside of Costco as well, and uh, we'll drive by Costco and he'll be like, "Damn, they took down another one," and then he'll go in his trunk. Cause he's got like a hundred of them in his trunk. Uh, Cause he's just planting them Ill- illegally. And I've asked him before. I'm like, uh, you have your phone number and contact information on the thing. Like, aren't you scared? They're like going to come after you and find you. And he's like, yeah, just shut up and let's go get these $2 hot dogs at Costco. Um, so how was the, how was the actual lesson? It was like jokes aside, probably the greatest thing I could have done to improve the golf game. Um, wow. I brought Adriana along and he had like this little like three inch chair for her to sit on, like a little stool. <laughs> and you could tell he's all business where he's like, I'm like, this is Adriana, my fiance. He's like, hi, sit there. <laughs> so, is, is Mr. Wong like the Mickey to your Rocky? Did he tell you that women weaken legs? <laughs> I think he weakens legs. He is like a no BS guy. You get out there and he's like, I'm like, all right, so what should I do? Stance, swing. I know, but how do you want? Swing. But should I just swing? <laughs> so I swing. Oh, very good. Very good. Okay. Then he tells you like, change this, change that. And um, I bought a small bucket of balls and I'm like, what the heck? Like usually I hit an extra large. I'm like, this is crazy. How am I, like, This is going to be like two minutes. And he's like, no, first we start with the swing. Like don't go through a big bucket. Like let's get everything down packed. And within five balls, I was hitting like, so much straighter oh so you felt the improvement right away yeah yeah no like all jokes aside like the man improved my game 100 percent. what did he tweak in your swing like were there like specific things that he would point out yeah 
um, my hips were moving too far back. Like they should really not move much on the backswing. So he corrected that right off the hop. And he's adamant that you do two practice swings at full velocity before stepping to the ball. Oh, bro, you don't need to tell me this, man. This is why I stopped golfing with him. Because <laughs> this man just won't stop giving me lessons. I'm like, yo, just let me slice this into the trees, man. Oh, no, no, <laughs> like, no. Just let me live. He loves to teach, man. You see, but here's the thing that's that's interesting about the lesson is he's very tough on making sure you hear what he says. But when the ball doesn't do what it's supposed to, he's very uh, empathetic. He's like, oh, it's okay. Clear your mind. Don't worry. It's okay. Get, but then so- get back. Practice. Like it, it turns. So, you, you know? so what you're saying is that he's a really good instructor. Uh, five star. Yelp. Five stars. Okay. Uh, I wish I could plug my dad's website, which I built for him, but I, I literally have no idea what the. <laughs> Wait, you built that? Is. Yeah, he has a blog called the Nineteenth Hole. He thought it was yes. genius. I'm like that was my I'm question. Like, I'm, I'm like I'm pretty sure uh, someone's come up with this before, Dad. So the Nineteenth Hole, because it's all in I don't know if it's Mandarin or Cantonese, but it's just pictures of like really good golfers. Yeah, he, he said he wanted to write. All right, I found it. It's called WG Lessons. It's Wong's Golf Lessons. WGLessons.com. Um, it's just got photos of my dad posing with white guys that he golfs with. Yeah. Um, but no, my, my is, dad is... Is Sabelle uh, now on that website or what? <laughs> I should be. Yeah, well, we got to get my dad on the podcast and have an Asian draft. Um, so, Cash, I know you've been meaning to get lessons from my dad. We've been talking about this. I don't uh, golf enough. That's like... the problem. Like, Savelle, how, how often do you golf? Oh, once a week at least. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, see, I'm like a, I'm like a th- at this point, maybe like four times, five times a summer golfer. That's like that means that, that's more, more than... the reason. That's the more reason why you should go get lessons. Yeah. Yeah. And if he's if he's doing like a two for one package for twenty one, you might as well take him up on that as well. Wow! Wow! <laughs> wow. Yo, this man's taking this man's taking shots already. Come on, let's keep it cordial for at least twenty minutes. Um, I'm on my dad's website. Wow, this is really not English friendly. Mm-mm. Okay, so can it I is. speak on that for a second? Like when I yeah. saw the website, I was like, oh, like I don't know, man. Like this is, <laughs> I might have a really hard uh, time communicating with him, but. And I don't know if he's got help or if he's like someone's there for him, but like he's on the ball with scheduling. Like he messaged me probably about 10 times before the lesson, reminders, instructions in like perfect English. Yeah. Well, the thing with my dad is he's doing this like every day. Yeah. So, and and I think he has a shift in, I want to say like Richmond Hill, Thornhill, and then he's got a shift in Mississauga as well. Yeah, he so he's got like yeah. different students and it actually makes sense that you told me that he's like posting ads everywhere because he told me that like it gets really competitive between yeah. instructors. So there's actually instructors who like have tried to like kick him out of like certain driving ranges. Yeah. Um, so, but, but like he's locked, I, I guess he's locked down like his clientele now and I'm looking at his pricing. So five 45 minute lessons for $300 uh, cash. Uh, can we sign you up for that right now? Wow, five lessons. <laughs> hey, you know what though? That's that's cheaper than a lot of uh, a lot of places. Like I remember a few years back, I I went. Someone got me a, a pack of lessons at Golf Town, and it was definitely more than sixty bucks a lesson. So that's uh, that's a pretty good price. But uh, no, I'm sorry, I can't commit to five lessons right now when I'm working seventeen hour days every day during the NBA restart, man. Wow, how do you feel about this, Savell? Because we're trying to set up an eventual one on one match between the two of you. Oh no no! Listen, oh, wait. Are we, talk- are we wait. Are we talking basketball now? Or are we talking golf? Are we still talking golf? We're doing golf as well. All right, I, I can concede that Savo would beat me in golf. It's because you know I I can I can concede things that are obvious, but I also am not gonna you know go back on on the truth and things that are just factual and that happen. You know, like I know Savelle is kind of like Rudy Gobert. You know, there's no such thing as a fact, <laughs> but. Uh, the fact is, I, I beat him in uh, in whatever the hell that game is called that tested shooting ability, and I wiped the floor with him. To be honest, it wasn't that close, and and you know that's what it is. And I'm sure he would do the same with me with golf. Uh, and that's what it is. Uh, and I'll just say, you know, had I known that the first 15 minutes of this podcast were going to be Savell slobbering over Alex Wong's dad, I would have just joined you guys at 8:15. Wow. I don't know why you're <laughs> <me> <laughs> 
Okay. Yo, okay. First, first of all, you know, I feel like I feel like right now I'm in the middle of the ring. I'm Vince McMahon uh, at You're the start Gene, of Monday bro. Night Raw. Yeah, I'm Mean Gene Oakland. Uh, this is exactly how every Monday Night Raw episode used to open, uh, with Sonny posing at the beach, and then Joseph Cacharo and Mark Savell just uh, getting their Great mic now. work in. So let's set, let's settle this. Let's settle this once and for all. You two have been circling each other, um, like Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon, uh, for years now. So here, Savelle, I'll let you go first. So there's been this controversy about who won this basketball game. What do you want to say definitively about this? I forgive you, Joe. For beating you? Twice? Joe, for, all the, for all the misconceptions you put out there and for all the insecurities you've laid you, on the line, you still, I forgive you. Are, are you I still sticking you. to the story that we played a game of 21? Correct. We never played lost. a game of 21, man. See, Alex, this is why I didn't want to go down this route. There's only you, one you, way to truly settle it, and it's not in words. It's on the court. Kings let's of do it. Let's do it. I'm okay, ready. So what, what do you guys want the rules to be when we eventually set this up? Just a straight-up one-on-one match? Can you even keep up on a one-on-one, or do you want to just do a shooting game? I mean, either way, I'll, I'll have you gassed in 45 seconds. So let's do You know, I, I'm watching your stories. You, you're riding your Peloton there in your – in your condo, but uh, this isn't condo peloton riding, man. This is you know this is a man's game. So I would be honored if you could last forty five seconds in anything. So if, if the oh, claim I, is forty five, wrong, but start the timer now. Let's do it. Hey, if you guys are cool. I'm just gonna mute my mic, and you guys can just go back and forth for forty five minutes. That this would be the hey, what, Are we getting a cut? Me. Are we getting a cut for for any sales this podcast does? Because this is definitely gonna be your highest rated pod, man. So the first segment was uh, sponsored by Zito's Marketplace at 210 Marley Avenue. Oh, you know what's funny? I was going to say, man, if you call Savelle the king of Marley again, I feel like you might get Zito on this podcast beefing with him next time. He knows so what's an, appropriate, what's an appropriate nickname for you, Mark Savelle, you think? Uh, the pies on Warren Buffett is probably the most accurate. Um, <laughs> I like that. I like that. I'm good. Yeah, I think that's the most accurate. So I'm, I'm fine with the truth. Like, you know. Yeah, Cash, are you cool with the Bachelor of Bamberg Circle? I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm not gonna fight it. You know, I don't believe. I don't believe. I don't believe in naming yourself. You know, um, I think others should should bestow nicknames on you. But uh, yeah, if you want, I got a Mister 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 Too Cool for Sam Wu. Yeah, that's another one. <laughs> yeah, shout out Sam Wu, man. If if you got any Sam Wu listeners here, I I will gladly take a you know a complimentary lunch or dinner at either samu bbq or samu seafood um all right let's stay on the paizan script here so we have so we've decided it's going to be a one-on-one basketball game let's just keep it simple uh first to 11 um where do you guys want to play uh is there is there a good paizan court any court man any court i mean if joe can't wow. afford golf lessons i don't mind driving up wow. to see him I'm totally wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll play. I'll play anywhere. I'll play anywhere. Oh, man. Guys, I didn't know this was the Toxic Masculinity podcast, um, <laughs> but you guys are doing a great job. Um, so so are you guys settled on this beef or we just agreed to this match? And I let's mean, just, I think the game, uh, let's just the game will settle it. Let's put the beef on pause until further notice of said game. Okay, can before we put the beef on pause, I, I just want to ask for this pies on podcast, uh, will okay. Savelle be getting half the time I get or? Oh, why? All right. Now, why I just feel like, I don't know if we're doing half and full, you know, I don't know. That's that's, I think so we should squash the beef. So let's just clear the air. Joe is a good friend of mine. Solid guy. I got his back. Didn't Will think we were beefing or something? Yeah, yeah. Will, uh, Will apparently thought the beef was real, which is amazing. No, so so this was a separate Will. So this was a listener Will, not Will Lou. Oh, uh, some, okay. some, oh dude, who, I, thought, I thought you, I thought you were talking about when you told me that. I legit thought you were talking about Will Lou. <laughs> yeah, I guess both of you did. No, yeah, yeah this was a listener, uh, Will Chan. He's a very loyal listener. And um, no, he messaged me and asked me if, if the beef was real. And to be honest, he was really disappointed. Oh, man. Dude, that's, that you, you know I, what? When I told him that you two were close friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. And in all honesty, I mean, yeah, if anyone doesn't know, Savelle's a great dude, great at what he does, good friend. Uh, nothing actually bad to say about him as much as I do want to beat him in basketball again. But uh, all that aside, I'm, I'm like you said, this Will, Will Chan character is disappointed because. 
our beef's not real. I'm a little disappointed that it's not Will Lou that thought that. Because when you first told me, I really did think Will Lou believed that we were beefing, which confused the hell out of me because I'm pretty sure when you first introduced Will Lou to Savelle, I was there when you were telling him about Savelle. And also we all went out to Sugo, Sugo. together. Yeah. So that's why I was like, when you first said, oh, Will thinks you guys are really beefing. I was like, what? Like Will's been out with us. He knows we're actually really friends. First of all, you have if you're gonna talk about Will and Sugo, you have to pronounce it the way Will. Oh calls man, it. Will calls it Sugo. <laughs> Yo, I love how we're just roasting Will now. Yo, let's just roast everyone. Get I mean, Adrian on the we line. Can, we can ro- we can roast Sugo for uh, for its own fraudulencies, but I don't know how I don't know how deep we want to go here. Oh yeah, I'm out on Sugo uh, for reasons that we don't need to get into. Um, one last question before we move on to the Paizan draft. So this one-on-one basketball game up to 11, um, I'll start with you, Savelle. What do you think the point spread should be? Okay, well, before before we continue, though, can I, can I actually get some clarification, like what we're doing? Is it 21? Is it an actual one-on-one game? Is it that other shooting game we played that I beat Mark at that he so claims to now actual- not remember that exists? Like, what, what are we doing here? So an actual one-on-one game, uh, okay. first to 11, win by two. Okay. Fair. So Mark Savelle, what do you think the spread should be for this game? Who should be the favorite and what the point spread should be? Three and a half me. Well, Cash, what's your response to that? Uh, cash minus five and a half. Holy five and a half. All right. Um, <sighs> So once again, we go back to the root of the issues, clear discrepancy between the two of you in terms of what you think of your basketball skills. So we have settled nothing. I, think I, need, to, I need to see some footage. Cash, I've seen you play at the three-on-three tournament. At I've the seen him too. That's why I gave the spread. Oh, wow. <laughs> we're, yo, we're trying to get away from any you know conflict here, but it, it seems like, Mark, Mark, you just can't help yourself. Cash, what do you think about that comment? I mean, you. I, I think uh, you know. First of all, I've never touted myself as a great baller, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a Patrick Beverly type. And and as Alex has seen on the court, I'm not afraid to mix it up. So I, uh, you know, I think it's good that Mark doesn't really need his legs for his job because uh, he won't be walking out of there with both of them in use. I'll tell you that much. All right, I think that was a threat of violence, so I think we should just move on. No, it's not violence. It's not like we're going to get in a fight, right? Like Patrick Beverly, sometimes he goes for a loose ball that might be around the knees. Next thing you know, you're getting your meniscus repaired, you know? So so what Joey, you're saying is you're you're Matthew Della Vadova. Um, hey, if it wins, no, it wins. Joey DiVincenzo. You know what? Hey, Dante DiVincenzo is a winner. That guy is a winner at every level. With, you know, I feel like the more that I've talked to the two of you during this pandemic, I realize that I am uh, trying to be a Paisan. Um, you know, as Joseph Cacharo mentioned earlier on this podcast, I dubbed myself the Paisan Rachel Dolezal. Um, so, you know, this is where I'm at. So I just decided to invite the two of you on to uh, do a Paisan draft. Uh, basically, uh, the rules are pretty open. I just want the two of you to recommend things to me that can help me really fully realize my Paisan potential. So uh, who who wants to start? Should we beef over who gets no, the Savelle, first pick? Savelle can go first. All right. Mark Savelle, what, what do you recommend with your first pick of the Paisan draft? I mean, because you're a stylish dude, I think I'm going to start with the fit. I think uh, dressing the part is is, is important. And um, do you know what a Corontiera is? No. So this is exactly why I want to have this podcast. Um, so yeah, explain this to me. This is a staple item. Joe, you've got, you must have a ton of them. Corentier, is this like a, a, a like a badass thing or something? Oh, a canotera. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We call it canotera. It's just a different dialect, but yeah. Okay. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. get a, so, It's a staple. Continue. It's a, yeah. It's the white undershirts that are like a tank top, the tight fitted tank tops. This, this white undershirt is a staple yeah, so like there's this place, Gino's Fashion on St. Clair, where you can buy them in the five packs. Gino's Fashion was the spot. They had like, you could wash these things a million times, they still come out fresh. And the, the utility of, of these type of shirts is you could wear them to a wedding, like underneath your dress clothes at a wedding. You could wear them sitting on the couch. You could wear them going to play ball with your friends. Like it is the all conditioned gear of Italian fits. And if you're spending a summer in Southern Italy, you can basically wear it to any establishment like before 5 p.m. 
So this is like an essential Italian thing. Hundred percent. Like if like if I want to become a Paisan. Um, yeah. First like thing I we need, need to see is your next <laughs> IG post needs to be you rocking just an Italian undershirt on the ground. All right. All right, let me uh, let me add uh, 500 push-ups a day uh, to my daily plan and uh, no, but look out for th- that in six months. This is the beauty of it. It's form-fitting to every type of body. It doesn't so discriminate. True. It's like it enhances you. The more you Bro, got, the better you look in it. Like a 77-year-old nonu in a in a Italian undershirt, like a notera, legit looks like the rock. Like oh, 100%. <laughs> so, so there's no body shaming with this undershirt. No. It's just anything goes. Yeah. All right. I, I like that as the first pick. What do you think about that as the first pick, Cash? I like it. He, he went really off the board with that. And <clears throat> I'm not going to lie. I'm going to piggyback off that now for my first pick. Because uh, like I said, Savelle going off the board kind of uh, inspired me here. I think Savelle will will appreciate and understand this. But if we're you know, if we're going to go with the, the undershirt as the first pick, then may I suggest with my first pick, if we want Alex to, especially if we want him to drop that fire on the gram and, and really look like Paisan Dolezal. <laughs> You gotta you keep the undershirt on, and you know what you put over it, even though you probably don't have one. Your gold baptism necklace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is peanut butter and jam. Yeah, right there. Okay, so tell, 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 tell me about tell me about the importance of that necklace so, to Italian culture. Uh, essentially, even in in you know our generation, where most uh, Italians of, of our generation that I know aren't even necessarily that religious or that spiritual or that strict when it comes to religion. The one thing almost all of them still hold very dear and valuable to their hearts is their gold baptism necklace. Literally the, the chain that came with a crucifix on it for their baptism as a gift, usually from someone old in the family, like mine, for, for example, uh, that was given to me and like my parents on my baptism was from my great aunt, my dad's aunt. Um, or no, you know what? It's from my dad's grandma. Sorry, it's from my great grandma. Um, so that's like a you know a, a really like big keepsake for me. And and as you get older, you know you can just like extend the ch- like because the crucifix is a decent size. So obviously you know maybe it's not the same chain you had when you were a baby, but uh, you just keep getting a new chain for it. Most people will keep the same uh, crucifix that was from their original baptism necklace. And and that's when you you know when you see all the like stereotypical jokes about Italian guys and. And the gold chains, it most likely, I would say like 51% of the time or more, I think Savelle would agree with this. It's probably their baptism chain. Um, For sure. And it's, uh, it's usually the crucifix, the horn, which you've got one, Alec, but yours is red on the, on the chain. It's usually gold. Yeah. Uh, and then there's usually some other little trinkets like mine. Mine had the, the crucifix, the horn actually had a little gold 13 on there. Cause for Italians, 13 is actually good luck. Uh, and you could have like uh, the patron saint of the town. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on how. Yeah. So it ends up like a gold chain with maybe like three or four, sometimes more, sometimes less pieces of it with one of them always being a crucifix. And I'm telling you right now, Alex, you, you drop a pick on the gram with you rocking one of those chains over an Italian undershirt. And, and, and we might as well start calling you Alex Wanganello because you're just you're in you're in at that point you're in at that point you know as an immigrant um who just made up a name for myself coming here i'm very open to changing my name including my last name um my dad doesn't even have to know when would he ever find out if i changed my name to be honest well your dad's got or chose an italian first name what's your dad wait hold on wait what's your dad's like english tony wow yeah that's amazing but it's because it's because his Chinese name, uh, you know, is Tung Wong. And I guess Tony was the closest. Um, so he just picked that. But yeah, no. So tell tell the listeners a little bit about the, the what you got me. That's the Italian horn, right? Oh, yeah, like yeah. The, so uh, yeah, ex- explain explain the meaning. Okay, so that. Uh, I, I think a lot of like Europeans, but Italians in, in general, uh, especially and Southern Italians, especially really believe in something called the Molocchio, which it translates to the evil eye. And again, I think a lot of cultures believe in it in the Mediterranean region, but it's essentially that if someone uh, is talking bad about you behind your back, and honestly, in some cases, it's even that like if someone is talking like too much about you, even if it's in a good way, they're almost jinxing you in a way, but uh, that it brings like the evil eye upon you and then that it'll bring like bad luck or bad health or whatever the case may be. You're doomed. So, Your life exactly. You got the malocchio. Exactly. And so this trinket, which is a little red horn it's supposed to be a bullhorn and it's painted red for some reason with a gold crown on top 
uh, is this little trinket that Italians keep to keep the malocchio, the evil eye away. And it's really big in Italian culture. And uh, yeah, so I brought from uh, what I did is I brought Alex back one from Rome because I know how he's very into that hipster shit. What I did is I brought him back a little uh, horn that was actually being sold by people uh, in St. Peter's Basilica, which in and of itself is rebellious because like in terms of the Catholic church, they're they're not supposed to really believe in any of that stuff. So I thought it was cool that this like kind of vagabond was selling it there on the ground. So they definitely could have got in trouble for selling it. So I picked one up and brought it back for Alex. Like the, the, I don't know, Joe, how, uh, how in depth you've, you've studied the Milocchio and the reversal of it, but there's like, there's a wild process that the older Italian, yep. typically an aunt or a nonna, will do to you to reverse what someone has put the malocchio, the, the evil eye on you. And it's like, I'm not 100% clear on the tradition, but I think to learn the ways to reverse the malocchio, it can only be taught to you New Year's Eve. and Christmas whole, Eve. Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. A whole ceremony that goes with it. To, so you to, for you to learn how to reverse malocchio from someone else. Not even how to take it away from you, how to reverse it on someone else. Yeah, you it, you can only be, t- it's like a, it's like a whole process of like, there's like prayer involved and some other like stuff you have to say involved. And yeah, it, it, to, to be like bestowed with this honor to be able to do it, you're supposed to only learn it. It's only t- teachable at a certain time, like between certain hours on Christmas Eve. And actually my, my dad's mom taught it to him like years mm. and years ago on a Christmas Eve. And now my dad is the one who like people in the family will go to him. They'll say like, yeah, I've got the evil eye, whatever. My dad will have to do this, um, this kind of like witchcraft um, (laughs) to cure them. So, so I'm good wearing it though. Oh, you're golden. You're golden wearing it. You get so excited cash. Every time you see me wearing it, Yo, this guy has shown up. Savelle, this guy has shown up to like big (laughs) games courtside with his horn on a chain. I mean, like with, a, with on, his on a, media on a, pass on an Air Jordan brand uh, lanyard, yeah. which might be kind of disrespectful. So I'll have to get a new chain for that. When did you give it to him? Less than a year ago? A year ago? Last summer. And where are the Raptors now? Yeah, I, the mean, Raptors, I like that. Yeah, the Raptors are championship favorites, bro. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, does it work? I think so. I like the that. There. I think it's time for me to take it to a next level and tattoo a horn on my neck. You know, also, uh, Savelle, how, you... about, how, about I, how about I guarantee that if the Raptors win the championship this season? Yo, do you know who do you know who has one of those tattooed on his neck? It's funny that you say that. Is Pete Davidson? Pete Davidson has the Italian horn tattooed under one of his ears on his neck, and right, uh, I, I, I no longer want to do that. Though. It's yeah. somewhat. It, he was. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that um, what's the guy's name? The host of Hot Ones actually asked him about it on Hot Ones, which was pretty funny. Man, all right, I'm out on that idea then. I'm not trying to be the next Pete Davidson. Yeah, what's up? Tapinis, slippers. Yeah, 100%. So I need a nice pair of slippers. But Yeah, but you got to get the brown with the crisscross over your big toe and your second toe. You know what I'm talking about, Joel? Those brown tapinis? Yeah, yeah, those are the old school ones. Like every dad, oh. and like uncle, and grandfather born like before 1980 has those for sure. Walking on a cloud right there. <laughs> so these are like Italian Birkenstocks? Yeah, that's a fair assessment. Yeah. I mean, a, l- a little insulting to us, but sure. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to get a beat up by the two of you by the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think we're good with the fits. Uh, Savelle, what's your second pick? Um, I mean, this is an unpopular opinion, but I'm not a fan of Neapolitan pizza. I just don't like it. I think uh, at least here it's it's overdone. Um but there's a few really good spots in the city that have some fantastic uh, pasta. Uh, we just tried St. Clair, this place called Cano. Like the most bomb gnocchis you've ever had in your life. Ricotta filled, truffles, just fantastic. So I think getting the right food spots right is, is pretty crucial if you want to really be entered in. Because there's some places, I'm not going to name them, that are like, you know, the Instagram friendly spots. I'm going to name them. Like, Joe, take it away. No, no, no. I continue. I'm saying well, when we, I'll name them when we get to me. Yeah, it's just you know what I'm saying. Like some people be like, oh, you have to try the da 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 from this place, and you're like, come on, really? Like, it's like it's like Alex. It's like me saying like, yo, I'm at Manchu Walk. What do you recommend? You're gonna be like, get a spring roll. Like, what do you want me to tell you? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you've messaged me that exact message before though. <laughs> no, that was that was probably Joe. 
I was wow, yo, Alex has seen me go muff dive into a friggin' bowl of chicken feet, all right, bro? Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started on I had water in my mouth. I almost spit it up all over my laptop. <laughs> oh, man. The, the thing I love about Savelle is Savelle always just brings up little nuggets to troll Cash on Twitter. <laughs> Savelle is actually honestly legit Savelle. I gotta tell you, you're the number one troll on Twitter, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, I started but, realizing like three months ago when you stopped responding. I'm like, I probably pissed this guy off more than I help him, but uh let's just keep it going. <laughs> no, my rule on Twitter is if I know you in real life, I'll just text you, bro. I'm True, not trying to give you that. that. I'm not you trying to give you that free engagement. It's um, Will who will retweet the open houses for me. You're not you're not really dependable on that. Come on, man. I've brought you a lot of business, I feel like. I mean, just rentals. I know that's like a <laughs> jump change to you because you're operating on like a millionaire budget. Yeah, uh, this guy called himself the Paisan Warren Buffett and you're out here trying to celebrate that you're getting him rentals? Come on. <laughs> Basically, I just imagine every douchebag on King West is a Mark Savelle client. Wow. Um, that's that's like the Savelle level client. No, they're the ones wow. I've got the money to spend, man. Yo, Will, um, call me when you want me to show up on your podcast. I think I'm done with the one. Damn. Yo, Savelle, were you one of the people at Arcane when freaking Chair Girl got out broke? <laughs> Yo, Savelle's probably, helping them, Savelle's probably helping them get out of their lease, man. Uh, <laughs> wow. All right. So, Catch, um, um, it might just be me and you moving forward. Um, I think Savelle might drop yo, off but at this point. Savelle made a good point, though, about the food. food. No, Savelle made a great yeah. point about the food. And here's a perfect example. Like, whatever. I'll, I'll name the spot. So, uh, a place I really like for low-key, like, very authentic. You feel like you're just eating in a non-nuts basement Italian food, especially for pasta and especially for gnocchi is Taverniti. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say that. Good, so yeah. that that's for me, like my in terms of like actually in the city, like four and six. That's probably my favorite Italian spot. Again, nothing over the top, very simple but very authentic Italian. Like even from a presentation standpoint, like they're not they're not trying to do too much. It's it's the root of Italian food, man. It's like simple ingredients, just very fresh, made with love, um, and, and hearty portions for good prices. And you know the so, story of that. Taberniti. I, I know that yeah. the woman, Rosina Taberniti, yeah. uh, so they are actually just posting about her 90th birthday last week. She's a Calabres immigrant. Um, she's from the same area of Italy as my family. And and I don't like know the whole story. I just know that she's a Calabres immigrant and, and opened this restaurant like maybe less than a decade ago. Exactly. Yeah. It's always been a passion in the sunset. Okay, let's let's make this happen. Yeah. And yeah. And now they've got next door to Taberniti's, they've got Tavs. And on King right. West, they've got Rosina's. And it's all the same. But what I was going to say is, so like Tavernese for me is a great, um, I think they've maybe got like seven tables in the whole restaurant. It's great homey feel. And then right across the street from that, okay, uh, and like very few people actually know about Tavernese if you're not like Italian or really into Italian food. But meanwhile, literally right across the street, like you, they see each other from the patios, is oh. Cafe Diplomatico. Oh. And Cafe Diplomatico, like, you know, not hating on anyone that wants to go there or like whatever. It's, you know, it's lasted a long time. Good for the people that run it, whatever. But Cafe Diplomatico to me is like way more of a kind of like overrated touristy spot that it somehow just became very famous in Little Italy. And people maybe from outside the culture just think it's like a go-to spot in Little Italy. So to me, like that's a perfect example of what Savelle was saying, which it's like not when it comes to Italian food, it's not about like the Instagram stuff. Because, yeah, everyone knows Cafe Diplomatico as this thing. It's like a staple of Little Italy. Meanwhile, like you just cross the street and a much smaller, but in my opinion, much better and like more authentic place for the same food, Tavernides, is right there. So, And for the record, I was thinking more Jamie Oliver's uh, Italian kitchen. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, did, but, I mean, you walked into that one, so I'll let you uh, walk down that path. Well, are, you, are you a Diplomatical fan? I... I just have no comment on the matter. Okay. Do you, do you know... <laughs> If I got, you're about to tell me like Zito delivers there or something? Like <laughs> Again, no comment on the matter. Man, so Savelle, we can't have Savelle on here if he's scared of losing sponsorships for Toronto Livings, you know Sky. what I'm saying? Well, Savelle, with all the leads you're giving me that aren't closing, I got to get my money somewhere. Yo, Savelle taking the Michael Jordan, like, Fugazi's buy houses too? Like, <laughs> 43 minutes? I took this personally. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like forget Republicans buy sneakers too. Savelle's out here basically telling us Fugazi's buy houses too, so he can't comment on whether he likes Cafe Diplomatic or not. Yeah. All right, so that's the food. So basically, uh, 
Cash, you're telling me I should not go to Cafe Diplomatico? Correct. Okay. And Savelle has uh, no comment on this, and he's forwarded us to uh, his PR agent. So uh, next round, let's just move on now. Mark Savelle, uh, what else do you have for me? I give it to Joe. I give the last two. I've got to put some work in. Okay, so we've done fits. We've done food. Um, Let's do... uh... Coffee. Want to do coffee? No, you like whatever BS place you go on King Street. Dude, it's not about preferring it as like my go-to spot in the city. But when I'm working at King and Spadina, where am I getting like really good espresso? My options are Quantum. Wait, what'd you say? Barbuca. Barbuca on Portland? Yeah. Man, that's a longer walk than Quantum, you know? You're going to need it for the one-on-one against me. Leave the cannoli. Take the walk. That was a Godfather reference. I like that. I like that. All right. So, okay, I'll say this. If Savelle can come. Hold hold on, man. Can I just draft toxic masculinity in general? Because that's what I'm learning from this podcast. Savelle can draft like the actual coffee spot, but I'll give you this for the draft. If you want to be a paisan, you need to get a biglietti, which is a stove stovetop espresso maker. Everyone knows, everyone assumes like the stereotypical things to have like an espresso machine in their house, which is true. Uh, I've got one on multiple levels, but the the OG Italian home, like you know it's legit, no fugazi, is I've got in a stovetop espresso maker that makes the best um, authentic tasting espresso. And uh yeah, I mean, I've got nothing else to say about that, but Saval can can come through and give us his best, uh, maybe his best cafe for espresso in the city. I just asked tonight, so I went to Vitondo's before this interview just to get the get the sauce going through the veins, but I went for a coffee at the Sicilian Sidewalk Cafe on College, and uh, it's on point. Uh, it was just a fantastic spro. Um, one, one, one tablespoon of sugar, and I was, boom, ready to go. Yeah, Savelle, I always enjoy your food and coffee reviews on Twitter. Uh, in all seriousness, um, no, I'm I'm, I'm serious because you're. I consider you an ambassador of the city, um, and no, you're always promoting places uh, that I've never heard of before. Um, you know, when it comes to coffee, I feel like I asked you both of this separately uh, on separate podcasts before. Whether you consider yourselves as coffee snobs what do you think you're most snobby about when it comes to like food and drinks is it coffee like do you judge people that are like oh. going to starbucks every day yeah 100 you know what you um, know okay so yeah. the thing is with starbucks though, like the reason i would judge that is because you're paying a price that like you're not getting what it's actually worth like if, you, if you're paying those prices you better be getting like top quality coffee and you're just not getting it from starbucks not because starbucks is doing anything wrong but just because you're not getting like true top quality good coffee from any like big chain like that like you're just not I, I can't agree more um so i was in milan last september and they have the whole starbucks um like they have like a few of them around the world the, the big like i don't know what they're called uh like the special locations where they have like they make their beans there they roast them and do all that stuff so we went to a bunch of uh places nearby just for local coffee and then i said let's try the starbucks i mean they're in milan like they, it's got to be on par with all some of the other uh, shops around there. And for me, it was the most disgusting, bitter experience I had. And I'm like, how do you just travel five feet over, see what the neighbor's doing, replicate it. Like it's simple. And the thing with the coffee, and this is why I get so heated over it is like, you could spend big money on a really good meal and uh, you you have your wine, your starters, your mains, your desserts. And then you just feel like, all right, give me my coffee. And it's a dollar 50, a $2 coffee. That one drink can ruin the entire experience. If you get it bitter, because it's the last thing you put in your mouth, the last thing you have at the end of the night. And that's the last thing you remember. For me, I've had great meals ruined by a $2 coffee. Yeah, I love your passion uh, about coffee. Um, you know, as, as passionate as you are about properties, uh, check out torontolivings.com. Um, also, so, also a, a real Paisan never, ever, ever gets his espresso to go, which I think Savelle can agree with. Yeah, what's, uh, what's the stigma against getting it to go? I mean, it's just, it's a, it, it's a full paw. It's like, yeah. Mm, I'm trying to think of a good analogy for it. Like, um, you don't even like you, you have your special either sitting down in good company, or if you're in a rush, you have it like standing at the bar, at the but bar. you don't, you don't yeah. take it to go. 
Yeah. Because some things yeah, need no explanation, Alex. No one needs an explanation, Joe. Everything needs an explanation. Like how I beat you in 21 that you refuse to agree to. Everything needs an explanation. I, I so, swear, I swear 25 minutes ago, we said we were going to squash yeah. the beef. Um, I got edited yeah. out. It's free reign. Come and, on. And, and I swear 12 minutes ago, I called you one of the biggest trolls of all time and you denied <laughs> it. And now you're showing your true colors. <laughs> All right. Uh, next round. Uh, what's what's next? Uh, Cash. Uh, let's go. Have you go oh, first again? Back to me. Um, okay, what do you, Savali, where do you go? You want to go with like TV, movies, athletes? Where are we going? Uh, TV, movies. I think is a good one. Okay. Um, well, I, you know what? I, I would go Gamora, but since Alex and I have already talked a lot about Gamora on a on another pod, and I feel like a lot of other like mob stuff, like Godfather, Godfather, whatever is going to get love. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little off the board and say uh, watch a Bronx Tale. Oh my god, I hate that movie. Oh my god. What do you hate about a Bronx Tale? That it's considered a mob movie. It's a I didn't no no, I said hold on. I I specifically said I know usually you'd go with like a Godfather or a mob movie, but I'm gonna go off the board and stay watch (sighs) a Bronx Tale. I got issues with Bronx Tale. There is a theme of obviously the mob in it. However, I think it should be categorized as a love story about interracial relationships in the eighties of America. I think that's a more honest classification of it. Yeah, well, I, I don't disagree with that. Okay, that's good because a lot of people are at me. They're like, it's a it's a mob classic. Like, no, Goodfellas no. Goodfellas is a mob classic. Agreed. Goodfellas. No, no, that, that's yeah. exactly why I'm saying that. Like, well, okay. I, you know, okay. I'm not going to say Gamora because we've talked about it and I don't want to go with just Godfather, whatever, because everyone talks about mob movies. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to go a little more off the board, go with the Bronx Tale because I do think it's, uh, you know, it, I think it, it, it can be a little cheesy at times. I'm not going to deny that. Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, yeah. I don't think the script is necessarily like, hall of fame worthy here but i do think the story in general and like the, the history behind it and like you said like the uh, a little bit of like new york and american history and and with like interracial relationships and even a little bit of like the whole father-son dynamic in it i think fair on a whole it's like a good um italian linked movie and, and yeah a really good performance from de niro Chaz Palminateri, who I believe wrote it about his own, yeah. some of his own experiences growing up in New York. And I think once it's supposed to take place in like the 50s, 60s, something, 60s, I think, 60s, 70s, maybe. Yeah, it started as a, it was actually a Broadway show before it became, um, before they turned into a movie. Uh, Saval, uh, what do you have for me in this category? Yeah, good show to watch. I mean, this is a subtitle show. Um, it's actually a really good show about like what's what's going on with Italy because I think the whole mob side of things gets really over glorified and it's like uh, um, it's shone in the wrong light in a lot of ways so there's this movie it's in subtitles it's called The Mafia Only Kills in the Summertime yeah it's a really good movie it's like um, it's kind of like a docu reality show of sorts like I don't want to get into too much of what happens because it's kind of important to the story but that's definitely a good one to see what life is like and what the impact and it's based on true stories um, had on a lot of these towns and a lot of businesses and what came of it um, I think that's a really good one to see the culture but uh, TLN okay two greedy Italians Joe have you seen that I've seen I've seen oh. like bits and pieces of it I've never like sat down to watch the whole thing but yeah I, I know it is- Gold. So there's these two chefs. One actually trained Jamie Oliver. And um, they kind of criticize what has happened a lot to Italian culture in the sense of like, you know, the the spaghetti and meatballs, which is not actually something that you can easily get in Italy. Like that's not popular in Italy. And it's like how a lot of American culture and a lot of tourism culture has killed the true essence of simple Italian cooking. But these two are just like made for each other. They, they're the perfect... Uh, you know, yin and yang, like polar opposites, but this like overlying passion for Italian culture, Italian food. I used to love, I think they only had two seasons and unfortunately uh, Antonio, he passed away a few years ago. Um, But I got his cookbooks and everything and I would definitely suggest, it's on YouTube, you can get it for free there. Uh, Two Greedy Italians. No, that's great. Which which, like American TV show or movie with like Italian themes do you think is like the most overrated? Uh, again, unpopular opinion, Sopranos. Wow, really? See, I like I love The Sopranos. I think it's one of the best shows ever. But as I've like talked to Alex about before, and the reason I like Gamora more, for example, is because I still think Sopranos falls trapped to like the American-made mob show, where right. like they don't really give you a good look at what the life's really like. I feel like American shows in general just have a lower bar. And you know what I find too, uh, and I don't know if you found this, but like 
I feel like in general, when I see stuff about like Italian Americans, and I think, I think part of it is just because Italians emigrated to the States, like started emigrating to the States a lot earlier than they did in Canada. So maybe if you're like an Italian American, maybe you're like three generations American, whereas here, a lot of Italian Canadians, like us, like, like my parents were born in Italy. Like my sister and I are the yeah. first ones born here. So maybe it's like, we haven't been as distanced from the, the motherland culture yet. But I find when you hear like Italian Americans talk about culture, they it's like more what we would consider now like kind of mundricate compared to the way we like we came up and i don't know yeah. if that's just like the whole american exceptionalism thing and them not wanting to keep those traditions or if it's just the fact that like they've just been there longer and, and are more distanced from it yeah i think that's a good assessment and a pretty accurate one in the times and when everyone's been here and like i know when i'm in the states especially like miami new york you meet some people down there and you hear them and you're just like Oh man, like <laughs> to your point, like a little manja cake, you have yeah. the stuff you're eating here. Like I don't, <laughs> no, I'm good. I'll pass, right? Yeah. yeah, no, that's a fair point. Can you explain this manji cake thing? All right, well, I don't want to offend anyone and I'm sure you've got a lot of listeners. Oh, you, 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 you've, you've done that already. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yo, Joe Cash an hour in after calling us all time to name. It's like, actually, I'm Yo, I've seen both of you put on your PR crisis voice, and it's been worth it's been worth the price like of admission. Seven messages from the score, like listening to this live, like wondering what the hell I'm doing. Um, no, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I won't get into too many details. Just the, the English translation is literally cake eater. It's just kind of like a term that Italian Canadians use to describe either Italians themselves who kind of like are very removed from the culture, or very very Canadian people that i guess some older italians would almost see as cultureless like or want to be drafted to become an italian like that would be (laughs) (laughs) but you know what like like it's like it's like very subtle things that like i can't even necessarily explain like top of my head like one thing okay yeah go ahead no no like throwing hot dogs and spaghetti yeah i will say though that some cult like filipino culture for example like some people do that but Again, as long as it's like from an actual culture, I'm okay with it. But when it's like just like pure like eleventh generation Canadian putting hot dogs and spaghetti, it's like yeah, that that's that's like honestly borderline like a, like an offense, yeah, like a criminal offense. Um, but yeah, it's like like little cultural things too. Like top of my head would be something like okay, like when I was growing up as like I grown up in an Italian family. And I feel like honestly, this is something for most cultured families, no matter what culture you're from, or if, if you're just like kind of in an immigrant family where like, if there's like a big family party, okay. And you're a young kid and you're tired, chances are you're just going to like crash on a couch at that family party, whatever. And you might be going home at like two 30 in the morning. Cause it's like a family party. Everyone's together. Whereas I know some like friends that even joke around with me because they know they're what we would call munch cakes. It was like, oh no, like when I was a kid, if there was a family party, like, well, like nine o'clock, we had to go because it was like bedtime or whatever. It's like, you can't keep the kids up late. Like that's an example where it has nothing to do with like food or this or dress or whatever, the way you talk. It's like, it's just like very specific cultural things. Um, I, I don't know if that's at all lost in translation or Savelle knows what I mean, but. Yeah, no, you know, I, I, I kind of understand where you're coming from. I feel like in my culture, um, we give we give people a hard time too. Um, like, I mean, we basically call them whitewashed. Um, and yeah, like terms that, that that's what it used, is. Like, we call them, um, like people have used the term banana, like you're yellow on the outside and white on the inside. <laughs> Um, wow. Like that's that's like something that we use in our culture. But I judge a lot of I judge a lot of Chinese people too who like don't acknowledge their culture or seem like they're like ashamed of it, or they like reject the fact that they're like Chinese. Um, I feel like there's a lot of that, uh, especially from from people who like immigrate here and having grown up here, like they don't want to embrace their culture in any way, and that that stuff actually upsets me a lot. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I it, it is a lot of that. Yeah, and like I think also manja cake is a very Canadian thing. Like I don't think that translates other. Like if you're in the states, and no, say that, I don't think they recognize it. I think in the states they call them when they're talking about like what we would consider manja cake. They call them americans. Like, uh, mm. yeah, and you'll you'll hear that even in the Sopranos sometimes. I don't know if you guys remember, but there were a couple episodes where they'd be talking about like another Italian family that was like became anti-Italian against other Italians, or just like I don't know, it was just very whitewashed and they would call them americans with like a g instead of a c and that was like their way of saying almost like a fugazi americanized italian yeah and maybe on that note like just to kind of hammer home the point like things you don't do if you're of italian heritage 
Um, so like you don't go to a wedding and give a hundred dollars. You don't bring, you don't bring a gift. The gift is money and you bring a generous amount. <laughs> so at yeah. an Italian wedding, no gifts. No, it's money. No. It like, and that's what's so interesting to me because I've attended a lot of, um, you know, Canadian weddings and whatnot. And like, you tell them what you're giving, and they're like, whoa, 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 like, what are you giving them a mortgage payment? Like, just give them fifty bucks, and like, you would be. So there's a black book when you get married as well. Like, Literally, yo, it blow, blow yeah. his mind right now. Tell him about this. Yeah. So every person that gets married or that I know of all my friends, you know, we have a book, and whatever you give at the wedding, your name gets written down with the amount. Okay, right? so you're track, so you're tracking and judging everyone. That's, yeah. that's and you're way, repaying man. the favor later with it with yeah. with, with, with inflation coming into. <laughs> <laughs> so so we have that in common. I feel like money is a big gift um, in Asian culture as well. Well, I usually give a minimum. Yeah. I usually give a minimum of two hundred. I'll give you double that or something. All right. Here, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll just tell my dad that he needs to pay me for half of the lessons that you're paying for. Yo, your dad, sorry, just to jump back to that, he, so I was wearing my Toronto Living's hat, and like, we were just, and he, he was wearing a hat from, uh, uh, what's that, Space Jam, Ball Hog. How does he have a Space Jam hat, man? Does this guy <laughs> shop at Walmart? What's going on? He was wearing a Space Jam hat, and, you know, we were talking, it was about 10, 15 minutes in, and he just kind of was looking at my hat and not me and still talking, and I think he made the connection then and there, <laughs> and the whole vibe changed after he kind of, figured out that oh maybe this is the guy who gave me that hat once in a good you were a friend of the community <laughs> yeah <laughs> which um, is a good segue to say like if, if alex walked into my like when my mother met alex and he was wearing his cornio his, his his horn um she would automatically like even though there's nothing about you that looks italian she would like in her head i could totally see her being like ah oh, you know maybe he's from the north or maybe his parents migrated there for a couple years and had him like so what you're you know, saying like, that i literally gifted alex the gift of being welcomed and accepted into any italian home by bringing him that trinket back that's what you just said sure <laughs> <laughs> yo, that's um, what i said yeah yo cash is on your pr right now um <laughs> No, so I think we're on pace for me showing up at your wedding, um, you know, in that necklace. Uh, I'm going to show up to your wedding in a white tank top, uh, shorts, and, and powder <laughs> shoes. Uh, uh, you know, I'm going to get all the wrong takeaways from this. And I'm going to get some coffee to go. Uh, <laughs> and he's going to bring you uh, yeah, a... Right. His gift is going to be a $100 gift certificate to Cafe Diplomatico. <laughs> it's going to be a $100 gift certificate to Uniqlo. So you can buy more of those tanks. Um, that's going to be you're, great. You're getting a whole page in the black book, not even a line. It's going to be the whole page dedicated to the full pause of Mr. Uh, Alessandro. What'd you call him? Wanginello? Wanginello. 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 There you go. <laughs> so there's an actual book. Like you guys write in this actual book. Like it, it yeah. tracks yeah, how much money people are giving. Um, you know, not, not to, not to intrude on your culture, but may I suggest a Google doc? <laughs> that's traceable that's traceable exactly. it's cash you don't yeah there's a, no. there's a reason we prefer paying things in cash bro no, pa <laughs> no paper trail sorry just for all the listeners out there if you are thinking of buying a house in the next one to three years do pay your taxes because they look at the two-year average and if you're trying to go about it in a cash way it's going to make my job very difficult and i'm gonna have to keep doing these podcasts to keep the lights on so pay your taxes okay just like in general even if you're not buying property just pay your taxes all yeah. right yeah like good, uh, good pay your taxes I know my listenership based on the stats is like, you know, uh, middle to upper middle class. So, you know, just pay your taxes. Uh, you don't want to commit any blue collar crimes um, or white tank top crimes. Um, so uh, let's get to the last round of this draft. Um, you know, any category that you guys want. Uh, Savelle, uh, why don't you go first with this final pick? Well, Joe, I think we should we should bless Alex with what region of Italy we think he should tell people he's from. Because he seems pretty on board with all these ideas. He didn't really push back on anything from the Tapinis to the Corontiera. So, like, and that's the thing. Like, a lot of my friends that aren't from Italy, they'll just make up a place and be like, yo, I'm from the north. And then they'll name some town. So, like, what region do you think Alex would fall into? There is a sizable Asian population in Milan. Um, 100%. So, in terms of, like, a believable, like, he could definitely, well, if he's rocking the horn, too, he could definitely say he's from Milan. Yeah, in the north, um, outside of Milan, like the whole Lombardy area, yeah. there's there's definitely a lot of Asians there. Yeah. Um, so you think the north, eh? Yeah, he's got style. He knows he knows where to eat. I was gonna I was gonna go the opposite end of the boot. I was gonna say Baresi. 
Because no one would doubt it. They'd just be like, yeah, yeah that's true. Body. Like, that's true. strange things happen in body. Like, hey, yeah. okay, you're from body. It's possible. Like, they wouldn't really question how, who, what, when, where, or why, right? And realistically, nobody knows any talents in body anyways. You just that's, say body. That's very just, true. Right? That's, very, that's a good point. Yeah, because if you say, like, in Canada, most most of the Italian immigrants in Canada are colorblind, like myself, or Sicilian, or... Sicilian. I mean, there, there are a lot of badass, too, but not uh, not as much. It's a lot of Sicilians. Colorblind, Sicilian... Abruzzes, yeah. Like we're, we're and so, if you were to men. say, like, if I were to tell him, like, oh, you're just tell me your Calabres, that wouldn't fly because then you'd end up with no. people being like, oh, where in Calabria? Oh, even if you, even if you then gave like a more familiar place, like a, a more specific place, like Cosenza, then they'd be like, well, where? Like, which town? And you'd end up having aren't to you, name. Aren't you, aren't you from Cosenza? I am, but then that's what I'm saying. Even then, you then they'd name. You'd have to name like the specific village of like 40 people you're from, or like they would continue yeah. to hound you because they're from there. So I feel like if if he's walking around anywhere in like the GTA and tells someone he's from Milan, like it's it's it'll pass. Let's let's get into this to wrap up then. Um, let's take a let's let's steal Will's uh, awards format again. Uh, why don't you guys give me your three stars in terms of Italian celebs or secret Italian celebs? Secret Italian celebs, Alicia Keys. Wow. Damn. Okay, so Cash, Cash, give me your three. If you were to do, three we're talking stars. like secret one, like people that like people don't realize they're Italian. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, I'll 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 let Savella Springsteen because I know that's his. That's his. Well, I, I go with the most hated, at the quote unquote Italian, Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, no, I'm not true. putting I'm not putting Giuliani on my three stars. Yeah, Fuck and 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 I, I hated like, hated Italian. The thing is, I feel like with him though, everyone knows he's Italian, right? God, yeah, he must true. be so embarrassing. Bro. To like the well, Italian community. Also, like, you know, a very, very com- complicated history in New York because some Italians praise him for going after the mob there. And there are still a yeah. lot of Italian Americans that see it as the opposite. Like, he went after his own yeah. kind instead of like yeah. trying to like clean up the city or the state in other ways or like going after like, you know, corporations that were like screwing over people. Instead, he went after his own kind that were like in their, again, in their own corrupt way they were seen by some people as taking care of their neighborhoods. And people thought it was like, why are you going after them, Giuliani? Go after the like big corporations. The real anyway. guys are doing it. Yeah. And he, um, there's a whole uh, Netflix thing out right now. Fear yes. city. Yep. Yeah. It's kind of boring. Like if it's you more... watched Amy and every gaudy documentary, it doesn't really tell you anything new, but it's an interesting parallel where they talk about him and all that. Um, but if you want me to go on for like half an hour on why Bruce Springsteen is the greatest man of all times, I mean, I've got the time. I can do it. Um, Give me two minutes on why you uh, stand Bruce Springsteen. Oh. Okay, so fun fact. The first concert I ever attended, and I was in my mother's womb at the time, they took, they went to a Bruce Springsteen's concert when she was pregnant with, with me. And um, from like a, a young kid, like just something about him. I always used to dance to his music. I also always loved like what he stood for, doing the right thing. Um, like a working man's man. Obviously, he's not. He's he is to some degree, but like, there's so many stories of him of just like connecting with people on a real level and never really getting the success of his celebrity uh, in the way of who he is. And um, he's a real dude, man. Like, uh, you know, he suffered depression with all the success, and he talks about it very openly. And there's this one story where he had a he was riding his Harley and it broke down. And on the side of the road, these bikers came by and said, "You're all right." He's like, "No, I'm, I'm my, my bike's broken." And they're like, you're Bruce Springsteen. He's like, yeah, let me hop on the back of your bike, buy you a beer, and you could fix my bike for me. And he did exactly that. So I think it's just cool that he's such a down-to-earth guy and his, uh, his music is just, you know, it's, it's good music. All right. So so give me your three stars. So you got Bruce Springsteen. Um, and, Andrea Pirlo. Nice. Third best. Of time. I'm going to go with Perry Como because he's from my nonno's town in uh, and this is a shout out to the small uh, town of uh, 150 people, maybe still live there, of Palena. Perry Como is my third star. All right, Cash. Okay. Well, I thought clearly Savelle didn't listen to the instructions of people that you didn't think were Italian. So I guess that takes Bradley Cooper off the board because um, that's what I was thinking. But I thought it was going to be got people we didn't think were Italian. I was going to Springsteen, Alicia Keys, and Bradley Cooper. But uh, if we're going to go with obvious Italians, uh, athletes, Roberto Baggio. I know everyone knows of him as like the guy who missed the penalty shot against Brazil in the 94 World Cup, but was probably the best Italian player of all time, was the best player in the world for a span in the early 90s. And also, if anyone's just into like cool athlete stories, read up on um, Roberto Baggio. He was like the first Italian anyone knew that was Buddhist. He converted to Buddhism in the 80s as a young guy, and they started calling him Little Buddha in Italy. And he was just like this very 
peaceful, serene, um, like amazing, uh, person off the field obviously one of italy if not their greatest athlete ever and just has like a really cool story behind them they called him uh an italian il uh il codino divino like the divine ponytail uh little buddha cool story uh other than that you know what shout out dr fauci man i know that's like kind of a funny thing that's to say right one. now but for real like yo i regardless of like whether you think he should have been telling people maybe a little earlier to wear masks, which in and of itself is a debate because at the time there were shortages, but like look at Fauci's uh, like career and like the work he's done in infectious diseases around the world yeah. and for generations, for decades, his work against like Ebola and Africa, AIDS all over the world. Now AIDS, obviously yeah. being on the front line of this. So shout out to, uh, I'll say shout out Dr. Fauci. Oh, man, I wonder, is, is it too cliche to go with De Niro? One of those spots has to go to De Niro or Sinatra because um, Sinatra was like a big part of, especially in the States of making like Sinatra's success was a big part uh, around the same time as like Joe DiMaggio's success of making Italian Americans feel more accepted in the States. And also there were some problematic parts of Sinatra's career in terms of his temper. And there were some allegations at points, I believe of um, maybe some violence, but uh, there was a lot of stuff Sinatra did when it came to the civil rights movement and, um, and being like a, a good ambassador for people. Yeah. He's got, I read his biographies, did a, talks about a couple of incidents at like the Fontainebleau and stuff like that, where they wouldn't allow uh, Sammy Davidson. Yep. And yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, and, and Sinatra, I believe, basically told them that uh, if they wanted him to perform, they had to allow Sammy Davis Jr. to perform. In the Fontainebleau, there is a picture of all of them. And when you go through uh, one of the hallways there, that's sick. Yeah, the whole rap pack there. Yeah. And just a fact about De Niro, his son is one of the top real estate brokers in New York City. Wow. 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 So he's, so he's the Mark Savelle of the Big Apple? <laughs> Call me Marky De Niro, baby. Uh, but yeah, but even, even De Niro, like, forget about the, you know, the arguably greatest acting career of all time. Just again, you're talking about like, outside of that like stuff he's always done um just for humanity and even now like you know like having the being one of the few celebrities to actually like take action and stuff uh not just talk about trump but he does a lot of stuff behind the scenes you know whether it's like getting more people to vote or things like that um good dude seems like i do have my own three stars though okay yeah uh, let's hear it which, which i just came up with um uh, number three <laughs> from the new orleans pelicans nicolo melli <laughs> let's go uh, that's uh that's the third star for me. Um number two, Gigi Buffon. <sighs> nice. Yeah, legend. Um and number one, Selena Gomez, 185 million followers on Instagram. Um her mother is of Italian descent. Okay, nice. Ariana Grande. Ari Ariana yeah, Grande, the more about. the more yeah. famously known Italian, but uh yeah, Selena Gomez also got that green, white, and red blood flowing through her. So uh Patrick Patterson Award, I feel like we're gonna give to Giuliani. Yeah. yeah, don't even get me started on Giuliani. Uh, what about Gerald Henderson Award? Who's who's an underrated Italian that people don't talk about? Can this be where I throw in like Alicia Keys or Bradley Cooper, like someone that no one realizes is Italian? Savelle, do you have anyone you want to nominate as a secret Italian? Michael Bublé. Did you know that? I didn't even know that. Like, it's hard to hide Italian heritage, like. Nobody really downplays it, at least now. I know, like, from uncles and family that I've talked to, like, when they first migrated here, you downplayed it a lot. But I feel like the number one export is the culture and the heritage. Like, Tim Horton sells, what do they call it? They call it panini, but they call it something else. Yeah, it's, I mean, you want, like, it's an absolute affront to the culture, but I know what you're talking about, yeah. And on, on that note, can I, can I finish on this note then, like, in a half-serious manner here? Because uh, he did mention, Savelle did mention that, like, you know, back in the day, it was maybe a little more understated, just given the, I guess, difficulties. The tensions of the time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and on that note, I will say, and it's like something that's like been a pet peeve of mine for a long time, but there are a lot of um, like newer generations, like in our generation, like sons and daughters or grandsons and granddaughters of Italian immigrants that um, in like, for some reason, over the course of generations have become, not even that they become bungee cakes, but they become very like, out of touch and um, not sympathetic to the plight of like immigrant, like more recent immigrants or people facing discrimination. So just like a, a reminder to uh, any sons, daughters, grandsons, granddaughters of Italian immigrants that 
like do a little homework and see what it was like for your uh, family back in the day. And if anything, that should be a reason for you to be more sympathetic to recent immigrants and anyone facing discrimination. Cause yeah, your, your family and, had to uh, go through some stuff too. And, and would, uh, would probably not be cool with being anti-immigrant or discriminatory in any way. I was going to say this Italian heritage moment was brought to you by Joseph of Pound the Rock. But <laughs> yeah. I got a picture of him in her arms. I 